Welcome to How Life Changed, a podcast that features stories of real people and how their lives have changed as a result of COVID-19. I'm your host, John Noltner, and I'm glad you could join us. Change is a constant in life, but as a global community, we're now in the midst of unprecedented change as a result of the pandemic, and it's altering our work, home, and community lives in unexpected and profound ways. Each of us will experience this outbreak in our own unique fashion, each of us a single thread woven into the fabric of this historic event. Over the next 30 minutes or so, we'll explore just one of those threads, one person's story, and through that lens, hope to gain some human insight into the bigger picture of what's happening in our world today. This episode of How Life Changed is being recorded on Wednesday, May 6, 2020. Today I'm talking with Bryn Bertline from Rice Lake, Wisconsin, who's an elementary school teacher and just got married on April 18th of this year. Bryn, thanks for taking the time. Yeah, thanks for letting me on here. Yeah, um, congratulations. Thank you so much. Yeah, we're very, very excited about it. Yeah, how is married life so far? Oh, we love it. It's so much better than engaged life. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad to hear it. Uh, Can you tell me about your wedding day? Yeah, absolutely. So we decided to get married on um, April 18th this year, so Saturday. And um, what, yeah, what kind of things do you want to know about our wedding? Well, tell me, tell me how long you've been planning this wedding. Oh yeah. Um, We were engaged for about seven months. So we for the first like four or five months, we had been planning it. Um, and then the last about month or so, that's when we had to change a lot of the plans for it. Yeah. So when, when did it become clear to you that this day was going to look a little bit different? Man, I remember we had went home with um, both Matt's parents. So my husband and my parents, we went to Rice Lake just to check out the venue one last time to talk to the priest, kind of finalize details. And that was the weekend of um, March 14th. So that was right when all these new newscasts started coming out. And um, as an elementary ed teacher, I remember receiving a phone call on my way to Rice Lake. And um, it was my teacher that I was going to long-term sub for. And she said, I'm so sorry. Like everything is kind of flip-flopped. We don't know if we're going back to school. And um, so pretty much from then on, we knew that there was probably going to be some changes that had to be made. Um, You know, we had hoped for the best and that things would pass over by then, but we had no idea what was going to (laughs) happen. Yeah. Well, and so at a certain point, you were facing one of two choices, delay the wedding or move ahead with a smaller day and and talk about that thought process a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Um we I remember just having multiple conversations, you know, with um parents, of course with Matt and um we all kind of we looked at, you know, the differences between kind of the values we were sharing, you know, whether or not, okay, do we want to postpone in order to have our friends and family there that we, you know, love and trust and that we want to celebrate with us? Um or would we rather, you know, kind of value more of the marital aspect of it and be able to um, kind of move forward in our lives as a married couple and then to celebrate later? Um, so I think the light at the end of the tunnel with making that decision, that second decision, was knowing that we're still able to celebrate, even if it's six months later, even if it's a year later, you know, however long it is. Um, 
So we made that decision pretty quickly. We, we knew we just wanted to get married. And everybody was on the same page. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did, I did have some questions from friends. Um, I don't think any family members questioned, but a couple friends were like, are you sure you want to, you want to go forward this? And we said, yes, definitely. Yeah. So, so tell me what the day was supposed to look like. How many people were going to be there? Uh, that sort of thing. <laughs> Yeah, we had invited about 350, so kind of a medium, big size wedding. And um, we were going to have the ceremony start at about 1 p.m., um, then pretty much have head over to a big barn that we had, um, that we had um, booked for the venue mm-hmm. and pretty much have dinner, drinks, and dancing, um, just a, a big party that night and everything. Um, and then afterwards, we were planning, we had already booked our tickets um, to fly out to California for our honeymoon that next week. Um, we were going to go camp out in um, Yosemite National Park for the week. Mm, I have to ask, have you ever been there before? No, never been to California. Okay. It's, uh, it's a honeymoon you will want to reschedule. It's a beautiful place. Awesome. Okay, so 350 is what you were aiming for. And when you... Uh, COVID sized it. What, (laughs) what did the actual day look like? Yeah. So when we were kind of initially looking at numbers, we thought, okay, maybe we could have, you know, decrease to about a hundred people and kind of pick and choose. Um, And then, you know, the week after that was kind of the final decision maker. Um, We reached out to um, our priest and just asked him, we said, you know, what does it look like? What's, what's kind of our requirements for it? And he said, well, let's try to keep it as intimate as possible. If you can do 10 and less, let's do that. Um, so we made that decision. So pretty much we had um, both of our sets of parents and then um, like our siblings there as well with us. Okay. And that was that was 10 people? 10 people. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, I think I saw a picture of your mom playing piano. Is that true? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So she was, she was both the bride's mother and the musician. Yes, <laughs> I know. That was a tricky decision to make too. Just thinking about how, um, you know, both, both families, um, we value music and um, just coming from a very, very musical family, we knew we wanted some aspect of music um, with the ceremony. So my mom just randomly volunteered one day. She said, you know what, Bryn, if you would like music, I would be more than happy to provide music for you to sing and play piano. And um, so we definitely took her up on that offer. Um, and my sister ended up singing one of the songs too for the wedding. And it was, it was just beautiful. One of the biggest blessings of our whole ceremony was having music there and having it, you know, be so intimate and close to our hearts because of the family aspect of it. Yeah, that's awesome. So what other sort of accommodations did you have to make for the day, Bryn? Yeah. So I remember getting ready in the morning. Um, we definitely had to decrease that size and, um, I was unable to get ready with all my bridesmaids there with me, um, all together have, you know, we couldn't have hairstylists there. Um, I did my own hair, couldn't have a makeup artist there. I did my own makeup. Um, so pretty much we had to kind of social distance and, um, just do it with my, my sister and mom and, um, mother-in-law there. Um, so that was one accommodation. Um, another one, we were unable to have our, um, photographer there. And although that was very unfortunate and we know she would have done an amazing job, we actually got to have my brother-in-law. Um, so my sister's husband, he stepped in and took my fancy camera that I had for a few years now and said, I'll take the pictures. Don't be worried about it. I'll try my best. 
Um, so that was another accommodation we had to make. Um, other than that, um, the wedding ceremony pretty much just looked distant. Um, you know, we, we walked down the aisle, but from then on, we kind of stayed in our little pods. Um, so the parents stayed together, um, the siblings stayed in their little pods, um, just kind of maintained as much social distance as we possibly could. Um, cause we had some people coming from different areas to this wedding ceremony. Sure. Um, so yeah, we didn't really have the, the closeness of, um, even taking pictures all lined up and, um, hugging each other or anything. Uh, I think I saw a picture again on social media of you all wearing uh, face masks that had a marriage message on it. Yes. Who, yes. who made those? So that was one of my mother-in-law's friends from back home. And Matt knows her really well from um, just a, a bunch of different activities. And she um, put together these awesome embroidered masks that said, Matt and Bryn, April 18th, 2020. <laughs> so we all wore those. We knew we had to get some pictures, you know, with the masks on just to remember, you know, some sort of um some sort of social distancing and kind of protective wear. So we took a few pictures of those on. Yeah, yeah. You didn't wear them for the entire ceremony because you were you had distance between you. But you, I, I did see those pictures. And I hope that you saved the masks so that every anniversary you can break them out. Absolutely. You know what? We got out of the car the other day and put them right on. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Wearing them, yep. Um, before we started the interview, you were talking about um, some... Uh, a reception line of sorts that you had out in the parking lot afterwards. Uh, tell me about that. Yeah. So we had no idea. We maybe guessed that someone would possibly try to put together um, having vehicles or, you know, cars in the parking lot, just because we had seen social media posts of other um, weddings doing that. And so we were, we were pretty surprised when it actually happened. Um, we, right after the ceremony, we, ran to the back of the church and got to ring the church bells, which was really exciting. And then we looked outside and there's just tons of cars in the parking lot. Um, if I were to guess, there were probably 25 to 30 cars out there. Um, just a lot of, a lot of um, friends from Rice Lake, family friends, um, kind of parishioners that we had known from the church that, um, that we go to at my parents' house in Rice Lake. And um, Actually, another one of my bridesmaids who happened to be in Rice Lake quarantining there too. So she got dressed up in her bridesmaid's dress and met us out there. Um, so that was just, it was such a beautiful time to to know that we were loved and supported during this time. Um, you know, to have them take a chunk out of their Saturday to come and celebrate with us in some way and congratulate us, even if it was, you know, for a few minutes and when they were in their car and we were outside of the car. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was a really, really big blessing in disguise. That's very cool. What was the hardest thing for you to let go of from the big wedding to this? I'd say the biggest thing was the people that weren't able to be present. Um, I think, you know, Matt and I, besides that, we had pretty much everything that we had um, had wanted, you know, we wanted our immediate family there. We wanted, um, the ceremony, the way it went and music. But I think throughout the weeks leading to the wedding, it hit me at different moments of family members, really close family members, or, you know, my best friends who were going to be a part of the bridesmaids, um, just different people in our lives that weren't going to be able to attend. Um, yeah, it just, it really broke our hearts, you know, at, at each time we 
kind of realized that these people weren't going to be there. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, is, is there some plan for uh, a public gathering down the road? Yeah, we had maybe hoped and kind of told a few people to um, possibly open up the end of their summers, but um, it looks like that might not even happen. So we're just hoping, even if it's an anniversary party at this point, um, just having people come back and, um, you know, I still have all the table decorations. We still have the bridesmaids dresses and the groomsmen outfits. And um, so we're hoping that it would look similar to what the reception would look like after our wedding, um, but just at a later time. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Was was there something really lovely and beautiful about the day that you had that you think maybe wouldn't have happened at the bigger wedding? Yeah, I think although the people that we had invited are all people that we really love and cherish and they support and love us, I think it was a little more special to be able to celebrate with our intimate and immediate families because we knew we could be our 100% selves around them. You know, we didn't have to put on a smiling face the whole day, you know, if we didn't want to. Um, we could share our true emotions the whole time without worrying about what anyone thought. Um, so not that it would look too much different if everyone else was there, but we just knew that that was a really special time for us that, you know, everyone there understood what was going on and um, we were just able to really truly be present in the moment with the people we were with. Yeah, I think I think back to my own wedding almost 30 years ago and there's you know there's a frenzied energy at trying to visit all of those 350 people for 1.2 minutes apiece and, uh, and and there's something appropriate in this time of covid where life has slowed down and we've taken a quieter pace that your celebration would be able to be a little more focused and quieter that way too. Absolutely. So we could just take the rest of our day, you know, any time that we had, we could take it to whatever we wanted it to be. Um, we could, you know, we didn't have, we could be flexible with our timing. Um, we could do whatever activities we wanted to when we wanted to. So it just, I think that was another um, just huge, huge thing that wouldn't have been able to happen. We would have had to stick to a time frame and everything. So we were a lot more um, lenient on our time and what we did. Yeah. What is the one moment uh, from the day that you're certain you'll never forget? Oh, that's a hard question. <laughs> I know you're going to make all the other moments feel bad, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think... Coming from, coming from a religious standpoint and, and just knowing that Matt and I, our faiths are very important to us, I think the most special moment for both of us was when we, when we realized that the mass, the ceremony was being offered specifically for us and how everything was just kind of centered on the Lord giving us the opportunity to be there and to celebrate that. So I think just that moment of realization that, wow, this is our marriage. We are getting married. Like we are being united as one. Um, I think that was about in the middle of the ceremony and, you know, kind of towards the end of the ceremony too, when all the final prayers are being said and when they, um, when he kind of pronounced us as um, man and wife and as Mr. and Mrs. Matthew Bertline. <laughs> that sounds like a good day. Definitely. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, so you're working as a long-term sub at an elementary school, right? Yes, that's correct. Okay, and so were there any little messages that the students sent you for your wedding? Actually, yes. So one of my kind of big requirements when I'm um, teaching um, just throughout COVID is to maintain contact each week with the students. So I sent them letters the week before my wedding and asked for return letters um, back to me while we were gone on our honeymoon that next week. Um, And it was just very precious to see the little notes, you know, some of them even attempted to spell Dear Mrs. Bertline. (laughs) Um, And a lot of them just said really beautiful congratulations. Um, We're so happy for you. Um, They commented on, I I posted a few of the pictures on Facebook and they just commented on, you looked so beautiful. So yeah, it was really very, very sweet to receive those. Mm -hmm. So um, what's next for you? Yeah. Um, I, after wrapping up here in June um, in Winona, Minnesota, that's currently where um, my husband and I are at, um, I'm going to finish off the school year beginning of June, and then we are going to stay here to work for another month or so, and then head up to Duluth, Minnesota, um, where Matt will be starting the um, physician assistant program at Scholastica in the fall. So we'll kind of take the summer to settle in, um, maybe camp remotely a little bit, and um, I'm in the midst of looking for teaching positions up there and applying to different areas. It's, it's a strange time to be looking for a job with so much uncertainty. What does that feel like to you? Man, it is so weird. <laughs> I think I had just gotten over the weirdness of switching the wedding around. And now it's just this whole new ball game of, you know, uncertainty. And um, I think I noticed that the job applications and kind of the interviews that they had open shifted to be a few weeks or even a few months later than what they normally had. So I think I understand from an administrative standpoint, you know, where people are coming from. They may be just focused on this year, kind of looking ahead towards the next year, not worrying too much about new hires. Um, so now that the applications are opening up, it's it's just interesting thinking about kind of where the administrator's mindsets are thinking, you know, we're hiring these people, but we don't even know what it's going to look like. Well, it's funny you should say that. Just yesterday, I photographed a story on an elementary school principal, and he said those exact words. He said, you know, everything that should have been happening in April with new hires for next year and all those things got pushed back as we were trying to figure out how to do remote learning. And so now all of that stuff is flowing back in, and they're uh, they're going to be busy for a while. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's just strange thinking about the millions of possibilities of how the fall is going to start out, Um, especially coming into it. I don't know this area. I don't know the people up there. I don't know the districts, you know, so um, just a lot of unknowns going into it. Yeah. Well, good. Good luck to you on that journey. Thank you. Thank you very much. (laughs) It'll be an adventure for sure. Definitely. (laughs) Well, last last question for you, Bryn. What what do you hope that we all learn from this experience that we're going through together? That's a really good question. Um, I think my biggest hope is that we all just kind of cherish our, our moments and our time. Um, just realizing that yes, life has slowed down for a reason, but it's slowed down. And, you know, I, I think we're all able to enjoy each other's company a little bit more with the people we live with or, you know, via technology Um, so I just really hope we kind of take that into consideration moving forward. Um, when life starts kind of 
becoming a little more busy again, that we take a step back and say, okay, what's, what's necessary for my time. And, you know, two, like who is, who are the people that I want to be intentional with, um, and kind of take my time with. Hmm. Yeah. Well, Hey Bryn, thanks for taking the time to talk. It's good to meet you. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for reaching out. Yeah. And congratulations on your wedding. I hope you uh, celebrate many, many anniversaries to come. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. Yeah. You too. Thanks, John. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us for How Life Changed. I'm your host, John Noldner, and I look forward to seeing you next time. How Life Changed is a series produced by A Piece of My Mind, a multimedia arts project that uses storytelling to rediscover what connects us. You can find A Piece of My Mind on Instagram at A-P-O-M-M Stories, on Twitter at A Piece of My Mind 1, that's the numeral 1, Facebook and YouTube at A Piece of My Mind. Peace is always spelled out, P-E-A-C-E. And you can find all of those links on our website, A-P-O-M-M That's the acronym for A Piece of My Mind Listen to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts and tell a friend to listen too. Together, we'll see the world in new ways, one story at a time.